WMRA News. I'm Bob Levicky. Today is Election Day in Virginia's 4th Congressional District. A winery operation is just one of the enterprises breathing new life into a historic building in Waynesboro. And someone drops off an explosive at a Charlottesville recycling center. uh, Just so you know, explosives aren't recyclable. This is the WMRA Daily for Tuesday, February 21st. that would have given Virginia localities the option to ask local voters to approve a sales tax surcharge to finance school construction has died in the General Assembly. The Richmond Times-Dispatch reports the bill would have broadened the special permission the legislature has already given eight counties and the city of Danville. Democratic State Senator Jennifer McClellan, who sponsored the bill, said Virginia currently operates under the Dillon Rule, which only allows local governments to exercise powers expressly given them by the state. Republicans argued that new school construction funds from the state should help localities pay for new schools. The General Assembly often considers laws about concealed firearms. Now they're debating one regarding concealed knives. Virginia Public Radio's Michael Pope reports. Every year, members of the General Assembly debate where and when people can legally carry a concealed firearm. But what about other weapons? Lawmakers are currently considering a bill that would allow people to carry concealed switchblades. Senate Majority Leader Dick Saslaw says switchblades have a long history. When we were in school, I didn't know anybody that didn't have a switchblade knife. No one. No one got stabbed. No one got stabbed. Andrew Goddard of the Virginia Center for Public Safety says lawmakers need to be careful about what they're allowing people to carry out of sight in their pockets. The term switchblade also includes out the front Italian stilettos, and they have only a utility as a stabbing knife and as a weapon. Senators are trying to craft language that would crack down on weapons without including tools that are often used in day-to-day work. Those changes will be considered by the Senate later this week. Reporting from the Capitol in Richmond, I'm Michael Pope. Well, today is Election Day in Virginia's 4th Congressional District. Virginia Public Radio's Mallory No Pain reports. The 4th District includes Richmond and Petersburg cities stretching south to the North Carolina border. Representative Donald McEachin died in November, leaving an empty seat. Wes Bellamy, political science department chair at Virginia State University, says McEachin was a social justice and environmental champion. I think of him the most as an individual who literally was willing to put it all on the line when needed, stand up whenever was needed, speak up when needed, and just a great guy. State Senator Jennifer McClellan is the Democrat looking to be McEachin's successor. McClellan has served in the state legislature for more than 15 years. She's running on a platform of abortion access, voting rights, and environmental justice. Her opponent is Republican Leon Benjamin, a pastor from Richmond. His platform includes strengthening the border with Mexico, greater funding for police, and restricting abortion access. Polls are open Tuesday from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m., and voters should go to their regular polling location. I'm Mallory Nopain. A winery operation that plans to open a tasting room this spring is just one of the beverage-based enterprises breathing new life into a historic building in Waynesboro. WMRA's Randy B. Hagee reports. I'm here in the giant, brightly lit production room at Commonwealth Crush. 
Rows of stainless steel and fiberglass tanks tower overhead, emitting a soft rushing sound as they churn out wine. We are a multi-producer winery, meaning that we're making wine for different clients. And the idea behind the project was to develop a facility where we could incubate kind of the next generation of Virginia wine. Ben Jordan is one of the winery's founders. You're standing here on our crush pad, which was designed to be very flexible for different types of crushing activities, whether we're pressing grapes for grape juice to make white wine or destemming grapes to make put them into tanks for red wine. Jordan grew up in Swope, and after moving around the country pursuing a playwriting career, he learned winemaking out in Sonoma County, California, before coming back to Virginia. At Commonwealth Crush, he and his co-founders make wine for eight clients who grow their own or buy local grapes, but lack their own processing facilities. They also produce a line of house wines they plan to offer at a tasting room opening this spring. Pat's wine is, is a white wine that's kind of vibrant with acidity, just very fresh style of white wine. Mine's a little bit rounder, richer, made from a new grape variety called Chardonnay, which is more disease resistant in our climate. The whole operation takes up just a fraction of the historic Virginia Metal Crafters building on East Main Street in Waynesboro. On a recent tour, with his dog Birdie bouncing along beside us, Jordan opened a garage door into an enormous factory wing with a sawtooth roof. The property's project manager, Chuck Hall, said they've replaced the roof and the 1,700 panes of glass that make up the room's windows and skylights, among other renovations. When we came in, it was kind of a mad dash to clean out all the debris, and then really basically all the infrastructure's been replaced. A coffee roaster is the next confirmed tenant with plans to rent space in the building. In its heyday, the facility was nationally known for producing colonial-style home goods. Everything that came out of metal crafters, as far as the brass and iron, aluminum, bronze, <laughs> bell metal, white bronze, white brass, was a unique piece. Bill Ekman's father, Charles Ekman, bought the company in 1953, back when it was called the Rife Loth Corporation. In addition to decor, they produced stoves and hydraulic rams out of a facility next to the South River. The elder Ekman then bought the East Main Street building a few years later and expanded the Virginia Metal Crafters operations there, where it was... Best for its association with Colonial Williamsburg. In the 50s, 60s, and 70s, that was a huge, even into the 80s, a huge interior design phenomenon. If you look at old Southern living, they're all full of hardwood furniture and brass candlesticks, brass chandeliers, and that's the kind of stuff metal crafters made. Their ornately designed trivets were also highly sought after, cast iron and bronze objects that you'd rest a hot pot on. Talk to anyone in the community, everyone has a story of a relative or somebody they knew that worked here for years. Paul led us through another part of the labyrinthine building, where crews are currently building out an 800-person music venue called The Foundry, a major expansion of the Basic City Beer Company. That's actually the first room there. It's going to be the green room for performers. We popped out into the brewery and interrupted owner Bart Landman up on a lift, drilling a hole for an ethernet cord. The brewery opened in 2016. Landman walked me through their flagship beers. Our daily pilsner, a lager, the hornig, which is a honey-hued lager, the sixth lord, which is a sessionable IPA, um, and then basque, which is a double IPA, hazy juicy. 
The company's name comes from a separate locality, Basic City, that was, well, basically, absorbed into Waynesboro in the early 20s and became the east side of town. One of the reasons that it's so, that I think that it's such a successful spot is because of what Basic City, Virginia had going was the railroads met east, west, south, north, and that's what we have here with 81 and 64. And the roads that once dispersed Virginia Metal Crafters products to the rest of the country now bring patrons to the building's new caretakers. Commonwealth Crush co-founder Pat Egan points out the connection to the history of the site. It's directly in line with what happened in the past as well. Like This has always been home to makers. People who show up and work with their hands every day, and this new generation of tenants is no different. It just happens to be through, at least at this stage, the medium of beverage. They hope to have the tasting room open to the public by May 1st. For WMRA News, I'm Randy B. Hagee. And you'll find photos of the people that Randy interviewed in the Virginia Metal Crafters building and products at WMRA.org and on the app. Type 1 diabetes is rare, but it tends to run in families. Now doctors can offer a medication that prevents development of type 1 diabetes for an average of two years. Children's Hospital of Richmond is helping families to get tested and receive treatment. Virginia Public Radio's Sandy Hausman reports. It's been a hundred years since doctors began treating diabetes with injections of insulin. Now, for the first time, they have another drug that can delay development of symptoms in people at risk for type 1 diabetes for two years on average. It allows us to slow down that progression so that we can delay the time they need to be on insulin and improve quality of life for those patients. Bryce Nelson is one of the first doctors to prescribe the drug called T-Zealed, at the Children's Hospital of Richmond. It's infused over a 14-day period and can decrease the risk of long-term costs and complications. Kidney failure, blindness, nerve damage, long-standing, poorly controlled type 1 diabetes can really cause multiple problems of the body and even earlier mortality. Nelson lost a beloved uncle to the disease at an early age, so he's excited to see this milestone in treatment and urges people with type 1 diabetes and other autoimmune diseases in the family to talk with their doctor or call the hospital and arrange for testing. I'm Sandy Hausman. And finally today, someone dropped off an explosive in a Charlottesville recycling center over the weekend. The Daily Progress reports that workers discovered a mortar Saturday afternoon at the Ivy Material Utilization Center. A joint law enforcement and military team disposed of it with controlled detonations. There were no reported injuries. Albemarle County officials said the person who dropped off the mortar has been identified. Military explosives are not listed as acceptable drop-off materials at recycling centers. But do recycle your glass. For WMRA News, I'm Bob Levicky. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your Tuesday.